2: of death and grief. Each week, I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well,
2: hey greesters i hope you're having an okay week we are very near to the christmas holiday type winter festival season which i know for some of us greesters can be very difficult so wherever you're listening i hope you're having okay a time as possible i hope you have people around you who are being kind to you and i hope you're being kind to yourself as well i know this time of year is really difficult Um, I've said it before, my own advice is light candles. That seems to (laughs) help me. If I have some candles going, I think it's going to be okay. It will be spring. It will happen. Um, Just to say before Christmas, perhaps you're thinking of buying someone a Christmas present in the Grief Club community. Perhaps they'd like to buy You're Not Alone, a new book by Carrie Lloyd, which is out January the 19th, 2023. You can pre-order it and you could probably, I don't know, you could print out your pre-order and wrap that up. Uh, If you also go to a special website, which I can link on the socials, you can get an amazing pin badge designed by logo designer of Griefcast, Jade Perkin, which says you are not alone on it. So you could give them the book and say in a while there'll be a pin badge with this present as well. Look, a lot of this will be coming in January, but good it's nice to have something after christmas to look forward to um if you are enjoying the series or if you've ever enjoyed the series or an episode ever found it helpful please do pre-order it makes a huge difference to me and the book's success and i would be extremely very very grateful thank you for all your support so far we also have a book launch january the 17th at earth in hackney where i'll be interviewed by the amazing fee glover tickets are available from fane productions this week I am talking to such a legend. <laughs> such a brilliantly, brilliantly funny, funny person. It is the wonderful, incredible stand-up, Ramesh Ranganathan. If you don't know Ramesh, where have you been? He's done a bazillion things. He's been on Live at the Apollo. He's got a Netflix special. He's been in films. He was in Cinderella. He had his own documentary, incredible documentary with his mum. Uh, you know, he does a lot of stuff with Rob Beckett on Sky, Like, he has the Ranganation. Like, he has, he's, he's on a lot of television. And the reason is, he's an incredibly funny person. Um, Ramesh and I have been trying to set up this interview for about three years. <laughs> That's how busy he is. And finally, we managed to get a date in. And I was so glad because this show originally started off with me talking to comedians. And it's evolved into something else, which I absolutely love and am really proud of. But there's a special place in my heart. For two people who have a lot of grief and pain in their life, cracking jokes about it and avoiding the pain. And uh, I really love talking to comedians about death because it's never depressing. (laughs) It's always enjoyable. So I know you are going to love this episode. It's a really, really special episode. Um, Ramesh is, you know, as well as being funny, he's honest and heartfelt and and speaks so beautifully about his relationship and his his experience with his dad, Ranga, um, who passed away several years now. So please sit back, enjoy, and here's Ramesh. So Ramesh, who are we remembering today?
0: Well, um, the most obvious person to remember today is my dad, who passed away about 11 years ago. Okay. Um, just actually about this time of year. So it was uh, December 2011 that he passed oh, wow. away.
2: So, um, and what was his name?
0: Well, it's a bit <laughs> Sri Lanka name's a bit weird. So his name was Ranga. Well that's how everybody knew him. Right. But it's like it's it's I don't know I, I don't even think I understand it myself. Basically, my dad's surname isn't the same as his brother's surname. Like surnames work differently in Sri Lanka culture. Okay, so, yes. So um his name was actually Veti but that's also know. the family name. So everybody had Vela in the name. So I don't really... My, basically, when my, my, dad's, my dad had a lot of brothers and a sister, and they all moved to different parts of the world. Okay. And my dad chose to make Vela his first name and Ranganathan his second name. But that was completely different to what all the other brothers and the sister decided to do. So I, I, did, the, I did that DNA show recently yeah, with yeah. Rob Beckett. And it made it impossible for them to find any kind of family. I mean, they had to really dig deep to find out what my family tree was because their names don't help, it turns out, in my family. Um, But everybody everybody knew him as Ranga.
2: So everyone else went for Veti Velu as a surname?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, basically, yeah. (laughs) And he was like, no, no, I like it. No, (laughs) no, I I, I want to make this as confusing as possible. (laughs) I'm going to move to a different country to everybody else. And I'm going to take a different. I don't know if he's trying to distance himself. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what was going on. But anyway, it was uh, it's a weird one.
2: Yeah. So, but most people called him Ranga here. Yeah. Because yeah. of the Ranganathan thing is that kind of typical English. Yeah, and that rock. was
0: just kind of that was kind of his prefix. So, like, so his brother he had a brother called Gurunathan or Gurunathan, uh, and then there's Patmanathan. and there's sevendinathan So, like, oh, all of his wow. brothers have got different, like, kind of. Um, little prefixes so he pre- his prefix was Ranga I'm pretty sure prefix is, al- is an almost offensive way to describe it but anyway that's <laughs> that is that is what um that's what I've chosen to do so uh yeah so that's everybody knew as Ranga yeah
2: right Ranga okay and so 2011 11 years ago that's quite um we talk a lot on the show well my experience on the show is like the five years 10 years 15 years like we're quite that's when you sort of have this kind of almost assessment of it of like oh so how are you feeling at this present 11 years are you coming up to the 11th 11 year anniversary then You're yeah like so
0: it'll be the 11th year? anniversary in like two three weeks I okay think, so um uh, and to be honest with you i i struggle a little bit because mm. i um i was really close to my dad so i've got a younger brother and and my mum's still alive and so it's the three of us left now but I would say that my brother and my mum are very very similar right. and my dad and my dad I was I'm very similar to how my dad was do you know what I mean so yeah. I, I was really close to him but it was a really it was a really troubled relationship because my dad wasn't very good to my mum mm. and so so I, and that led to me having loads of arguments with him and stuff like that so but, w- but when he passed away we were very close, but, the truth is, where I'm at right now is feeling bad that I've kind of forgotten what his voice sounded like. We haven't really got any recordings of his yeah. voice. We haven't really, and um, and sometimes I am upset by how long it's been since I last really engaged with having lost my dad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's sort of you kind of get on with life, and that's what you're supposed to do. And at the time, it happens. That spoke. That feels impossible, and also you get kind of uh, resentful for people ca- uh, people that carry on after a very quick time. You know, because you sort mm. of think, "Well, Dad's gone. He's still gone." But everybody seems to crack on, as they have to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But now um, I sometimes catch myself feeling bad about, like I feel like I should think about him more. Really, do you know what I mean? You mm. kind of get busy with life, and we've got three kids and two dogs, oh, God. and so you kind of you kind of get like. You kind of just get on with life, and and whenever I go and visit my mum, we talk about stuff that my dad was quite a character. So we talk about stuff that he used to get up to. But yeah, I think the biggest thing is I've forgotten what he sounds. I mean, I've got a kind of a vague memory, but his voice used to be crystal clear in my head, and it's not anymore. And 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 that's that's really hard to be honest with you. Do you know what I mean? I
2: completely understand. So it's twenty plus years for me with my dad equally bit of a complicated relationship not like because often i think people think because i do this show they're like oh you must have just been daddy's gal and you're like no no i do the show because it was quite complicated and fucked up yeah so if if it was fine i wouldn't need to keep talking about it um yeah and i forgot his voice i had exactly the same thing it just went and because he died in 1998 we had like you know like a, a dictaphone somewhere with his voice on and like a vh like nothing accessible nothing easy and then in the pandemic a very strange thing happened to me um which i wrote about in the in my book that um i suddenly one day heard it but that's like i'm not joking it'd been 10 years like i was it like having a kind of you know you're half dozing and the kids were like yeah in the background screaming and i had like five minutes of like i'm just gonna lie here and I thought, what's that? And I was like, oh, that's his voice. But it it was like I had to wait for like twenty years
1: <laughs> because yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I
2: for ages I just it was complete blank. I was like, I can't remember it at all. And it, it's a really um, it's difficult, isn't it? Because it seems like in one hand it's like, oh well, it's just a voice. But another hand, you're like, no, I used to know that. Like I used to it used to just live there, and now it isn't living there.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was it's it was really difficult because that obviously like that that you can't you take it for granted that you're going to hear that voice forever yeah, do you know what I mean? especially yeah. like you just you don't enga- you don't think that your parents are going to pass away like as you're growing I know that obviously it's inevitable but you don't you don't think about that what a depressing existence that would be just constantly thinking they're going to die at some point <laughs> but um yeah you just take it for granted that you're going to hear that voice forever and I did hear it for for a long time after you know i knew what it was like i knew what it was like i knew i knew what his movements are like you know everybody's got a very specific physicality to them and i remembered all of that so vividly and sort of how he dressed and how he would walk and all that kind of stuff and all of that stuff kind of fades because you know we don't have a lot of videos of him we don't have a lot of recordings of him and so we've got lots of photos so and like my mom's like still got photos of him all over the house, but in terms of him in motion, you know, yes, him being yes. his him him living, I've got very little record of that. And then you just have to kind of accept the fact that that is sort of degrading in your mind's eye. Do you know what I mean? And that yeah. is quite a difficult. It's quite a difficult thing to to deal with. And also the other thing that is. You know, my son, my, we've got three boys and our youngest, you know, was born after my dad passed away. And my dad yeah. passed away after our second son was, our second son was born in September. My dad passed away in the December of that year. Yeah. And so they just don't, and my oldest son knew him for a bit, you know, I remember like my dad, when he first met my our son, he was like so taken with being a granddad. Like he yeah. was so, I saw like a side of him. I must have seen it when I was a kid, but I don't remember seeing him being so... He was just so obsessed with my son, do you know what I mean? He was so all over him. And, like, there's lots of things that I did. I mean, you know, we can get into it, but, like, there's lots of things that I did at the time that I slightly regret. Like, for example, I remember bollocking my dad because he was quite a heavy smoker, and then he would go out and have a cigarette, and then he would come in and basically huff all over our kid. And then I I remember telling him off... And just go, Dad. Of course, Do you know when, what I mean? Yeah, new but, but, the, but the look on his face was so heartbroken because he's just like to, to him. First of all, he doesn't have an, he didn't have an appreciation for yeah. what the ramifi- what the health ramifications of that <laughs> of that were. And so to him, it's just his son going, "Can you not cuddle and kiss your grandson?" Do you yeah. know what I mean? And like, but the but the 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 point I was trying to make was that it it is upsetting how little my gra- my grandkids have got. No, my eldest son's got some sort of vague recollection but you know to give you an example my mum's got a photo of my dad just like a headshot in the living room and my second son we went around to visit and i said to my son do you know who that is and he thought it was nelson mandela so <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh god How did you? What did you say? Yeah, it is. we're related. We're related to to Nelson Mandela. Yeah,
0: yeah. Grandma (laughs) likes to have a massive headshot of Nelson Mandela in her front room. She's
2: a big believer Uh, in what he did. The the healing process he gave to South Africa.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Why not? Why would it? Yeah, grandma.
0: Grandma's really passionate about. I know she's completely apolitical in every other way, but for some reason. (laughs) She's really passionate about Nelson Mandela. You're right. Well done. Good guess.
2: (laughs) Oh god. Yeah. I. I mean, the same. Obviously, because my dad died when I was so much younger, that my kids have no, yeah, no idea at all. And I Mm. grew up very much expecting that of like, oh, they won't have a grandpa. But still, when I, when I then you know when I did have children, it still fucking hurt that you're like, oh, they just. And I had a really great grandpa. Like my dad's dad was very involved in our life. Was such a big character that it's sometimes hard to be like, oh, they're not going to get that, are they? And how do you, how do you keep them alive to that person? It's, it is really hard when, like, yeah, they weren't even born. Although it's just a photo on the wall. Do you talk about you, him in that way? To
0: no, I mean they. It's, I mean, kids are really funny, aren't they? Like, they'll just go, your dad's dead. Yeah. You know, like, they're, they're just really sort of very matter-of-fact about it, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And you the, sort of... The worst we had... Uh, my
2: husband lost both his parents, and he was looking right. after the kids in the playground. And, you know, like, some kids find it very unusual that a dad's there sometimes. So this boy was, like, following him around, being like, why are you here? And he was like, well, <laughs> I'm here with... This is my daughter, this is my son. And he was like, yeah, but, like like well where's your mum and dad and Ben was just like oh well they're dead because he just didn't know what to <laughs> say and then the kid ran off around the playground and went his mum's dead
0: his- oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God.
2: the whole playground and he was just oh, like I mean oh, there's a lot mate. there's a
0: lot wrong with that interaction I mean <laughs> sort of you know but I'd say both sides had uh, yeah, yeah, have, yeah have things to answer in that, yeah, yeah yeah um, but yeah sorry you but- were saying no, but it's just difficult because I, you know, my kids have got not really got any perception of what my dad was, and also, you sort of think, you know, me talking to them about my dad is like a fucking history lesson. Yeah. You know, they, they don't give a shit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it, it, I I remember like my so my my grandparents all stayed in Sri Lanka, right? right? So so I didn't really have a connection with them at all. You know, they were just some people that didn't speak English. I mean, like my mum's my mum's parents passed away a long time ago, but I did meet my mum's mum. And I met my dad's mum. And, um, they were just two people that didn't speak English. That yeah. I sort of would, that I would go and have to pay reverence to every time I go and visit them. Do you know what I mean? And, but I had no connection. And even to the point where I remember my dad getting the phone call to tell him that his, that his dad had passed, that his mum had passed away. Sorry. And, um, you can't you can't connect with that. Mm. Uh, you know you're watching your dad be really upset, but you don't feel it in this. You don't know that person. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, you sort of. So they, I'm sort of conscious of that when I when I talk to my kids, about, I just sort of think, am I forcing them to hear about an old man that they don't give a shit about? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I sort of, I sort of think, you know, how important is this? I mean, they're very empathetic, obviously, but at the same time you know they've got fortnite to play do you know what I mean do they do they want to <laughs> it's hard it's to hard to get this? the
2: balance cuz i definitely i try and talk about him a little bit but then sometimes you can see they just like you said it's such a strange concept to them that you're talking about someone who just like they've either they've never met or they've seen in a a photo which even that is weird cuz it's not like they haven't seen a video they haven't seen it on a phone yeah. they've you've shown them a piece of paper and gone that person is that's your granddad and they're like all yeah. right like it is like yeah. saying Nelson know, Mandela yeah. used to be a very important person they're like all right yeah. <laughs> like
0: yeah, I don't I know, don't I know mean- what you're
2: talking about so it's it's hard isn't it because you want you I always want my kids to know like I will talk about it so like if you it's not like oh, don't mention it mummy will cry it's like yeah. oh yeah sure I'll talk about it but yeah it's equally you don't want to sit down and be like well, I, obviously, I'm quite bad at this because I do a show about death. But it'd be like, people die. Granddad died. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happened. Everybody will die. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard balance.
0: Yeah, and I I think you know they do they do hear a lot because you know when we go and see my mum, yes, of she'll course. talk about. But my the problem is is that my mum talks about my dad. Almost exclusively negatively. Ah, you know, like, uh, like yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Do, do you know okay. what I mean?
0: So like she, she she's very she sort of masks it from the kids, but every now and again. So like basically my dad uh slept around a lot. Like he was a prolific shagger, is yeah. how I describe him. And he was like he was quite a party animal and he ended up going to prison for a bit. And wow. you know, there was a period in his life where he um wanted to leave and go and be with another woman and 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 start a new life with her and then he went to prison and then when he came out of prison he had a change of heart and he wanted to be with us and he spent the rest of his life trying to make amends to my mum wow but my even though my dad's been dead for 11 years my mum i don't think my mum has fully achieved closure on 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 how all that went down so and i remember when she got back together with my dad she would occasionally phone me up and start complaining about what he, how he used to behave as if it had just happened. <laughs> and, I, I, and I remember saying to her, if you're not okay with how he behaved, you need to split up with Dad. Because, yeah. because at the moment, you're work, walking down the middle here, which is where you're still with him, but you still haven't gotten over what happened. So you either need to sort this out and put it... To, I didn't say it as bluntly as this. Yeah, but that's yeah, of the,
1: yeah.
0: I said, you need to decide to either need to put this to bed... Or you need to not be with him. So, you know, she talks about it a lot, what he was But she the truth is, now when she talks about it, it's quite a distance. Like she makes jokes about it. Do you know what I mean? And she's yeah. like she's But they do hear about him and they know he was quite a character and they know that he used to run a pub and all of that. So they know all of that stuff. But if they the truth is, I'm only ever really led by if they ask me. Do you yeah, know what I, mean? I, I yeah. won't. I won't sit them down and go. It's time for a weekly hour of finding out about granddad. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? It's sort of. Um,
2: and he sounds like kind of... such a character to me. That sounds like the kind of thing they're going to get to teenagers and go. Hang on, what did you just say? Like, yeah, oh, he ran a yeah. he ran a pub and he did it. Hang on, no, what granddad did what? Like, you almost need yeah. to be a little bit older before you think. Fucking hell, my granddad was a bit bit cool <laughs> like yeah, in terms I mean, of teenage it, view of like oh i didn't just have this sleepy granddad it's like oh no there's stories there's there's a lot yeah. of stories about your granddad
0: like yeah he was a proper like when you you know like the stories about him are a lot are a lot better to hear about than they were at you know yeah. to, to live through do you know what i mean because like we basically went through a he basically left his job and he be he'd he was getting drunk a lot and sort of sleeping around. And so the places that he was working at, he was on a trajectory to do quite well. And, you know, we we started off quite comfortable, to be honest with you. And then he kept on sort of pissing people off at work with his behaviour and stuff like that. And then he decided to leave to become some sort of... Well, we thought entrepreneur. It turns out he was involved in quite serious fraud. But um, but um, so, so everything kind of went wrong. Not went wrong, but we got thrown into turmoil pretty quickly yeah like, through I remember, his choices yeah and i remember like uh, you know i've got memories of recollections of hiding under the tables in our house because people that he owed money to were coming oh, around and banging God. on the door and stuff like that and then um i remember one morning my mum had found out that my dad was seeing this woman in particular quite regularly and she said to me can i'm going to take you to this woman's house because i haven't seen dad for t- three days can you knock on the door and ask where your dad is now
2: Oh my we, we god. We get to,
0: we I don't know if you run another podcast about parental <laughs> decisions but I, I I would I would say that's quite a heavy thing to put on a kid but my but but oh it, my mum was my mom was in distress yeah, she was yeah, like really, yeah. she was in a bad way so so anyway she drove me around to this woman's house god. and I knocked on the door and I said <laughs> Excuse me, women. Where's my dad? And she said, "Oh, he was arrested two days ago." And like, so basically, they'd done like some sort of, the police had done some some sort of sting. So he turned up to, to complete some deal. I don't, I don't know the exact details of it. And then the police sort of raided it, and he got arrested. And he, he ended up spending like, well, he was, he was sentenced to two years.
2: Oh my but god! But he ended up
0: spending, I think, a year and a half in prison or something like that. But like, he wasn't like all of that. It was just him, man. He was like drama. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He worked in finance for this book company. And then he took over the book company. It was in North London. He didn't want to commute to North London anymore. So he moved the whole thing to about 20 minutes from Crawley. And then he would go to work and he'd go to this pub at lunch... And he decided, he re- well, he realized that he was having more fun at the pub than he was at work. So he <laughs> sold the business and bought the pub. Oh my and that's, God. that's basically what happened. And so he was a proper character. Like, he was yeah. kind of, he was kind of a, a really interesting, fun guy. And it was a proper personality driven pub. Like, my dad was like life and soul. Yeah. And, like, you know, he was a really great character. But. It was difficult to be his... I mean, it was definitely difficult to be his wife. um, But, like, we had... He and I had a lot of clashes, do you know what I mean? It was... um,
2: It sounds like I can... Yeah, like, when you have someone who's such a character, it's that thing of, like, they're a tornado. And, sure, seeing a tornado on the horizon is incredible. (laughs) Like, wow! (laughs) Look at that tornado! Look at us watching this tornado! When you live with a tornado, because my dad was a tornado it's like yeah sometimes exciting but also as a child it's like it's really terrifying quite scary quite a lot of the time like it's going too fast what's happening why and like if my mum would ever very very rarely ever say your dad has to look after you like I have to be somewhere else me and my brother would be like oh god like, oh okay oh what's gonna happen and because you just knew that person wasn't like you said a character is not like this guy is gonna make sure you go to bed on time and don't eat sugar. Like that's not their vibe. Yeah. And um, no. yeah, I know what you mean. Like the the stories become stories and become really funny, amazing things. But when you're living with a with a tornado, it's yeah, it's dangerous and you can get hurt. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. What what did um did you ever before he died did you ever like so you said you became closer what happened did you kind of have that moment father-son moment where you're like right let's sort this out
0: well no we, i don't think we consciously sorted it out i remember when i was bit, when i was at uni i came back and my dad had just come out of prison and he was back with my mum but you know it wasn't all sorted they were right. still arguing and stuff like that and obviously they had stuff to work through because there were yeah. lots there were lots and lots of things that my dad had done that You know, and also up until a year previously, he'd been wanting to leave, right? So there's a lot for them to work out. And I remember once I kind of went, my brother and I went off the rails a little bit when um, it must have been incredibly difficult for my mum, but we were just out of control really for a while. And I'd come back from uni for the weekend and then I said, I was going out with my mates and I just didn't make it clear when I was coming back or whatever. And so, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. But I remember my dad coming back uh, sorry, I remember coming back and my dad uh, giving me a bollocking, just going, You need to be a bit more considerate. And I just lost.
2: Of course, my right?
0: Shit. You've been waiting like, for, like,
2: dude, don't yeah. you tell me. Like, yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh,
0: and I just launched into this monologue about all of the things mm. that meant he had no right to tell me what I do. And, you know, you haven't been a parent all this time. And now you come in and you, to, and you think you could just yeah. come in. And, you know, I was really, I'll be honest with you. I summed, first, first of all, one of the things that I have clear in my mind's eye, is, even as I'm telling you this, is how his face looked. He yeah. looked absolutely broken. It was horrible. And my dad was very much like... My dad was the guy that my mum would say, I'm going to tell your dad about. You know, like he was yes, like a proper... Yeah. And so... To see him ordinarily, in any ordinary circumstances, my dad would have given me the absolute, I don't know, ass whipping bollocking, yeah. whatever. He, there's no way he would have allowed me to speak to him like that. But in that moment, he just sat and took it. Do you know what I mean? And he just, and I'll never forget, like I just went into this rant at him. And then I walked out. And I remember talking to talking about it to my mum, and my mum said, "Look, you know, I know it was horrible. I I don't agree with how you did it, but everything you said was true. Do you yeah, know what I mean? And yeah. I understand why you feel like my mum said I understand why you feel like that. And my dad and I never spoke about it. It's one of the worst conversations I've ever had with my I ever had with my father. Do you know what I mean? And we never talked about it again. And then gradually, you know, as as I got older and I started doing very, we just gradually became closer and closer, you know, just time moves on and you forget about that sort of, You're not forget about it, but it's it, get, it gets to the back of your mind and you start developing a relationship all over again. And he was, you know, he wanted to do everything for my mum. He was completely devoted to making up for for everything he'd done in the past. I think he felt like a guilt about how he'd how he'd treated us and we just got closer and closer and the the in, in terms of us sorting it out, I remember a specific moment on his sixtieth birthday where a load of his brothers came over from Australia and Canada to to celebrate. And uh, in his card I wrote to him, It's so incredible to have you as a father, like I love you so much. And he opened the card and it was in the middle of like people like my dad's brothers are all getting pissed you know, like, as a proper like they're like it's loud when that when yeah. our family get together, right? And um, he opened the card, and he just stopped. And he said to me, I'll never forget this. He said to me, do you really mean that? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And he was like so... He almost looked surprised that that was my assessment of how he'd been. Do you know what I mean? Like, Mm. he was just... I think it felt like I I don't know. And... and, and Yeah, it was just... Just by the time he passed... I remember like uh, maybe two weeks before he died, I was hosting a gig at... um, in Brighton, And my dad started coming to all my gigs with me. Like, he would turn up, he would sit at the back on his own, he would have a couple of beers, as was his way, and then he would, like, give me a very honest assessment. I remember, like, once doing a gig, it was like my first weekend at Comedia in Brighton, and, um, you know, I'd only just started on the circuit. And um, I came out of the gig, and he said, you were good, but he goes, you weren't as good as the, as the last guy. He said, if you really want to, like... You know, he would give me, like, honest yeah, yeah. Uh, honest like assessment of it. But I remember, like, a couple of weeks before he died, I had a really good gig. He came out. He got smashed. And then afterwards, we all went to the pub, and he was chatting to all the comedians. And he'd never said this to me before. We were walking to uh, the car. I was giving him a lift time. I hadn't been drinking. And um, I don't know why I had to, felt like I had to clarify that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but um, he just said to me, he was walking along, and he goes, can I ask you something? And I said, yeah. And he said, I didn't embarrass you at all tonight, did I? And I said, why did you say that? And he goes, Just because I've been drinking and I've been a bit louder. I, I said, Dad, don't worry about it. You were hilarious. Like, th- you're great. But he'd never, he'd never said anything like that to me before. You know, he's always been like, This is how I am. Fucking yeah, deal with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it was weird to see him. I don't know. It was weird to see him ask me that question. Do you know what I mean? Um,
2: God, it sounds yeah. like there's so much going on with him do you know what I mean like there's so much underneath this and I can just relate to it because my dad would get a very noisy person and there was so much going on and it was sometimes hard to to get that to actually get behind what was going on yeah. and I can completely of course you have to have that conversation with your dad and and what what incredibleness that like you said like you grow up with this person who just like you shout they shout back you shout they shout back and then for him to just take that it's such an act of parenting, isn't it? Like, yeah, I do deserve this. This is your time, son, where you get to say all the bad things and I take yeah. it. That's how much I love you. I'm just going to take it. And that that's the yeah. parenting I owe you. And so I think it's so amazing that you had that chance and that conversation because, you know, people don't. Sometimes people never express that. They never get it out. They never say, you know what you... This is what you fucking did. And you, yeah. and you need to. You need to say that. We... We definitely, my brother was 19 when my dad died, and they had, they were just getting to that point of like, been through a lot of teenage awfulness and he had they had had the time of like you were shit that you do not get to come back to me and um, I think my dad was at the point where he was like oh I have been quite shit haven't I and like <laughs> I think some I don't know maybe some maybe this isn't fair but some men it takes a while for like you're almost like the kids need to get old enough to go no by the way what you thought was passable was not
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah Just yeah.
2: Because, I know your wife has been saying it all this time you've been ignoring it we're here to back <laughs> her up now not good not great this is our this is our report yeah. and then they're like oh shit um but i think amazing that you were able to move through that and have that conversation and that he got to i mean make amends is too simple a term isn't it but like you said to form a new relationship with him yes. as a with, with him as making the changes that he needed to make and become a different person a different dad and obviously he must have felt he obviously felt that deeply that he had let you down and that he was able to know, oh, I've I've made it up. I've kind of repaired as best I can.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, he and I were, like, very... We we had a very... By the time we passed, away, I was older. We had a very matey relationship, yeah. do you know what I mean? like, And he was, like... he's a, He was a properly funny bloke, do you know what I mean? So I really got on with him. Like, I would look forward to spending time with him. It wasn't like I was i would dread see it you know i'd yeah. be like i'm gonna to go to the pub you know i knew that my dad would always be at the pub when he was running it so i'd be like i'm just gonna to pop to the pub and have a pint with dad you yeah. know i mean that was a thing that i did enjoy doing and yeah it felt like seeing him with our kids it was you know he was overseeing family in canada and was like nervous about missing the birth of our second son and then when he arrived, my dad cut his trip short and just got the next flight back so that he could like see him as soon as possible. So it's like all of those things were like, were amazing. It's, I I feel like my brother and I have a little bit of a different take on it. Cause I I see, I see my dad as a great guy who was a flawed individual. Right. And, And, and when you, and when you first discover that your parents are human I remember, like with my mum, it's such a weird moment that I realised that my, my mum was human. Is that my mum was chasing me around my bedroom because I had done something wrong, and she tripped over a toy that she was having to go at me for my room being messy. <laughs> and she tripped over a toy on the floor and fell over. And I remember thinking, "Oh my god, mums can fall over!" Like it hadn't <laughs> occurred to me that that was something that happened to them. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. I just,
2: they're
1: gods. Just, gods can trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah, they. Like, oh my god! Like she, she tripped. <laughs> And, like, so obviously, like, when, you know, it's it's horrible to say, and I look back at it and I think it must have been very difficult for my mum, but I just didn't believe my mum yeah. when she was saying that dad was, when she was upset about my dad, you know, sleeping around or whatever. I just thought, you must have this wrong. Dad wouldn't do that, do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, and then I remember when I, when I first heard him say that, it was like, oh, my God, like, he admitted it or he said it in front of me or something yeah. like that. And, and I was like, oh, shit, because he didn't realise that I didn't, Believer, do you know what I mean he thought yeah. I was you know um but so I see him as like a, a flawed individual that but was a great guy at his core, and he was a really great funny guy, but sometimes I worry when I hear my brother talk about him because my brother he he more often than not talks about the things that my dad got wrong, do you yeah. know what I mean or that my dad you know my dad wasn't great with finances and it turns out when he passed away, when we were trying to look into sorting my mum out with her house and stuff like that, it turned out his financial situation was a house of cards. Yeah. And I sort of saw it as like, okay, well, that's classic dad. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Let's try and sort this out. But my brother was a bit more... He was a bit more upset about it, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he saw it as like, I can't be like this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. my, you know, dad was dad was a nightmare. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and sort of... He, I do think he loved him, but... His and my takes are very different, I think, you know, and, and yeah, we haven't had that conversation, but you, I can just tell, you know.
2: It's so common as well, because I think sometimes, you you know, especially if you have kids yourself, it, you know, like they're so different. Children are so completely different just because they're from the same two people. And therefore, your relationship with the parent is completely unique. And, you know, me and my brother have had very different takes on him for a very long time. But we've talked about it and we we almost have different childhoods. Even though he's only four years older than me, my dad was completely different to him. Completely different. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so, like, you know, he was so much harder on my brother, and there was so much more like father-son stuff going on, and so much more like they're they're both they were they're similar and there's a lot of yeah, tension there of the similarities, but very both noisy, funny, charming people. And then I have the complete opposite of, like, he didn't even... I wasn't even in the room. Like, he was like, oh, she's fine. So I have the much more, like... So my brother's like, oh, I got all the pressure. And I'm like, I di- I wasn't even that, like, he didn't even... Yeah. It was like, oh, uh, and also my other child. um So you, you develop as children this completely different narrative. And then when they die, you're having to deal with a different narrative of, like, this person who ignored me died. This person who wouldn't leave me alone died. Like, so... It's completely, the grief is completely unique. It's completely based on that one-on-one relationship. And even though there's crossovers of like, well, we know what he was, you know, we both know what it's like to sit around in a pub with him or in a living room with him or a family holiday with him. You can relate to like... (laughs) how awful he was at like talking to people on holiday or something because you remember that or how like they'd be like god this man is loud and you'd be like "Yep, yep, that's that's him that's him talking loudly to you even though you just said hello to him and you think is he still here? yeah Yeah, he's still there um but it's so unique it's so unique the, the relationship and then the grief is so unique and I think it's hard sometimes for siblings because sometimes you look to each other and you think well we should have the same experience we grew up in the same half but You know, I'm sure you know from yourself, you're a different parent each time a child comes along. Like, you are, or things are different. Financial situations are different.
0: Yeah.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.
2: So can I ask what what happened when he died like how did he die and where were you at that time and
0: Well I was um so my uh, brother and his wife were were living with my parents at that time they're just trying to save up for a house and I just started I wasn't I wasn't I was still teaching but I was doing gigs I was com- doing comedy in the evenings and I was in Brighton doing a gig and as is the way with open mic gigs it had been cancelled because (laughs) nobody had turned up and so we just decided to go to the pub instead and i got a phone call from my brother saying you need to come home claire and i've just got in and dad's collapsed he said we've called an ambulance and i knew straight away he was dead like i I just they said rush back as soon as you can but i a mate of mine had given me a lift he said come on let's go we'll get as quickly as you can but I sort of I was like I'm going home to see. I, I don't know how to explain. You know, like you just I just knew. Yeah. I just thought that that is. It just felt like he'd gone. Do you know what I mean? Like so, I was in the car just waiting to. Just waiting to find him. Do you know what I mean? And that, so obviously it, that was a horrible, horrible experience. I walked in, clearing dinner, very upset. My mum's come back from work. We're all crying. Do you know what I mean? And we wait for it to all get sorted out. And you know, like when you first you know I walked in and my dad's body was just sort of lying on the floor, and um you are in complete disbelief mm-hmm. because empirical evidence suggests that he should be alive yeah right like that's that's the only way you've known him, so like it, like seeing him there, he looked so uh i mean his toenails are out of control actually <laughs> I, that's one of the things I remember like they they were absolutely unacceptable but um i um I just didn't, you know, you just sort of, even though it's a weird contrast, I went there knowing that he'd be dead and then arrived and was in disbelief that he was. Do you know what I mean? It, it it's, shock a, it well. it's shock as well. It's
2: shock. Yeah. The brain, you can very logically, I mean, because my dad died of cancer, so you can be like, yes, he's, yeah, yeah, with cancer, he's going to die. Yeah, I understand. What? He's dead? Like, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. two yeah. Bit, different bits of your brain being like, nah, I don't think so. Even <laughs> another bit's like, he's definitely you know he's dying right yeah i know it i know it but he's not Nah, he'll come back like you just your brain just wants to protect you your brain is there's a bit of you that's just like maybe it's not true and we'll just go and have some ice cream like maybe that's fine so yeah seeing him was it a heart attack or
0: yeah it was a heart attack it was a heart attack he'd had a heart attack uh maybe 15 20 years previously And he'd, like, sort of tried to... I mean, my dad's lifestyle was almost machine-designed <laughs> yeah. for a heart attack. Do you know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was insane. Like, what he ate, what he drank, he smoked. And he, and he sort of was a bit... You know, he, he he sorted himself out for a bit. But then he was running a pub and, like, he was drunk yeah. every night and smoking and blah, blah, blah. And just, you know, he suddenly passed away. And Apparently, there was some medication he was supposed to be on that he wasn't taking but didn't tell any of us. Do you know what I mean? And stuff like that. So I, I'd I'd say to you it was a surprise, which it was. But his lifestyle was so insane, do you yeah. know what I mean? That um, It was, to be honest with you, it was just a matter of time. But then obviously, when you know that, you then start thinking, why didn't we intervene more? Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, we all knew that. I'm, I, You know, like, he was, he did everything you're not supposed to do. Mm. And, um, and so there's part of you that thinks, well, if I really wanted to do something about that, I could have, I could have like, Really forced or, or tried to force him more, but the truth is, my dad was like a really stubborn bloke. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. then you sort of walk in the line between: Am I going to force him to? Do, you know, probably. Yeah. As I'm saying it to you, I'm trying to. I'm trying to rationalise how I feel about it. But I. I think probably we should have been more interventionist than we were. Do you know what I mean? But at the same time you know that if you go and see your dad and have that conversation, it's going to be a horrible experience because yeah. he's going to kick back and he'll probably lie to you
2: yeah.
0: and say that he's doing it. And so there's all these things that you kind of go, well, what can you do? We can only hope to sort of gently encourage him and see what happens. But then he did die. And so you go, well, obviously that, that strategy wasn't as effective as we hoped it was going to be. Did you know what I, mean? I do, so, but also
2: like you can't, when you're dealing with a tornado person, they do what they want you know what i mean yeah and, and i don't know if this is gonna make you feel better but my dad was very like lived very wild life and then went completely the other way um when we were kids and so he you know, drank and smoked took drugs and then when we turned up he went full on like marathon triathlon so he was incredibly healthy like he was training for an iron man and, right. like, and he got cancer so I do tell people yeah. that story because I'm like, you, you know, like after years and then part of my mum was like, oh, well, maybe he, you know, he was found healthy for a while. And you're like, yeah, but then he did, did all the right things. And, yeah. you know, like, and then they even said to us, they were like, oh, yeah, because he was so healthy. So I laugh because it's just hilarious <laughs> because he was so healthy. It spread so quickly through his body because he was just, oh, his, my God, yeah, really? Because his metabolism was so fast and he was so healthy. So it was a pancreatic cancer. And it just spreads. So within two months, it was like everywhere. So you can, you know, I, I do feel like, yeah, when people, you, you know, it's like, people do die. That's what happens. Yeah, and obviously, yeah. obviously, listeners, take care of yourself, you know, be healthy. But there's a certain human beings have an endpoint. And I think sometimes we look, yes. we look to rationalize, oh, I could have done this, I could have done that. And and really there's like sometimes bodies just stop working, but yeah, I know what you're saying of like he obviously he lived in the capital l yeah
0: um yeah, but i mean i had I had a similar thing with like a friend of mine a, a good friend of mine uh took his own life a few years ago, and um I'd had dinner with him like a few weeks beforehand, and then my initial and i didn't know whether this was narcissism on my point, but you can't but you can't help but think. Well, I was with him two weeks. Do you know what I mean? Like, you you can't help starting to think, like, what more could I, you know, could I have done something there? Because I remember, you know, there's so many times when I saw my dad doing stuff. Like, my dad once came back. My dad, his regular thing was to come home absolutely smashed and then eat the worst thing on the planet (laughs) to sort of deal with how much he'd been drinking. And I remember, like, one day he came back from a night at the pub and he took... Two boiled. He boiled two eggs and then he deep fried them. <laughs> right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> like you. How can you make it the worst?
0: Like I know.
2: Boiled eggs on a lot of alcohol. Not not ideal. It's not toast, yeah. is it? Like it's not going to like soak it up and then deep no. fry them.
0: Fuck you. Yeah. Hell. And then it, and he added some like chili powder and stuff. Oh like my that. And god. Like, and then and then you sort of go. Well, I knew that happened. Yeah. Surely. You know, if somebody was if somebody was like designing a pattern of behaviour <laughs> that might make you think that you need to have a chat with this person, yeah. it would be that. Got battered, came home, made chili deep fried boiled eggs. Do you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah, it's you know when they set out a healthy plan, like, make sure you yeah. eat three times a day, lots of fibre. Yeah. That's like you turn the page over and there's that diet. Yeah. It's like this is the anti- like yeah, yeah he, he would actually
0: he's at such a point now where he would actually improve his lifestyle by only having one deep fried bordeaux after night out that would actually be a move towards a healthier lifestyle for him
2: that would be everyone would be like you know what well done one deep well done very good very good Ranga very good just the one that's excellent next time half and then we can move to maybe no chilli
0: <laughs> yeah and maybe don't deep fry it at all just you know, that's sound yeah <laughs> Yeah. It was um so you do think about things like that, you know. And also his yeah. drinking. I mean he just was yeah. regularly drinking loads, but he used to hide it from us. And I remember like being very concerned about him taking over a pub. Just sort of felt yeah. like that wasn't yeah. a good no, move. Stop. It wasn't a good move for somebody with his drinking habits. Yeah. And uh I remember him telling me all of the I mean, it's typical like somebody that wants to just say what you want to hear so that they can get the thing they want. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. he would just say to me, I'm gonna do this and I said, "What if somebody offers to buy you a drink?" He goes, "I'm going to decline, or I'm going to have like a thing, a non-alcoholic thing here, and I'm going to say thank you, drink from that." And then, sure enough, within a week, he was just battered every (laughs) single night of his that he worked there. Yeah. And the problem was, he was fun. You turn up, he's hilarious. My mates would turn up. He's just amazing. Admittedly, a little bit too flirty with the girls that we had (laughs) with us, but but he would be like. It would be funny. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And all my friends would go, "Your dad's a legend." Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, oh my god! And they still tell stories about my dad making them some like Sri Lankan food after we'd been on a night out on the on the piss or whatever, and how cool it was and how funny he was. So in that moment, you go, "Everybody thinks he's a legend." I'm ag- I'm enjoying hanging out with him. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? There's so many factors at play that 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 you kind of think about after he's gone.
2: Yeah, and I think also there's this thing about humans of like they are completely multifaceted beings and parents are multi- are are humans and so when and you only get this perspective when someone's died because then you can stand back and walk away from them on the horizon and be like, wow, who the fuck were you? And someone yeah. can be utterly charming and hilarious and also hard to live with and difficult and selfish like all of the things are true but it's it's hard sometimes like you're looking for that narrative after death of like they were a person they were a good person they were a bad dad they were a good dad and actually i've had this with my dad of like just constantly being like he just was my dad (laughs) like he wasn't good he wasn't bad like He definitely lots of room for improvement. Um, Quite a few, yeah, things on the, you know, HR list of like, not sure that's okay. But also lots of, yeah, like my friends loved him. They thought he was so fun and he was always the one like running and throwing kids in the air and, you know, chasing around being a monster. Like he was so happy to play, but it was just... Yeah, the other stuff, the regular, the stable yeah. stuff was harder for him. Um And that's, yeah, You just, I think you just sort of have to kind of... I don't know if you ever resolve it. You just constantly go, right, that's what happened. That's what happened. Well,
0: I, I think you just... Well, I think it's sort of what you said, really. You just accept that yeah. that's what it was. Because, like, at the time, yeah, you are trying to go... It's almost like you're Santa deciding whether was yeah. on the nice or naughty yes. list. You yeah, sort yeah. of go, like... Like, how do I feel about this guy? Do you know what I mean? Like, I definitely definitely loved him, but how do I categorise him so I can move on with my morning? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the truth is, it's like, like you said, it just is what it is. You know, like, you just accept it for what it was. You know, I don't, you know, all this thing about whether somebody's a good person or a bad person, it's, it's very, it's really tricky that, do you know what I mean? Because... You know, if you focus on certain things, I do. I'm a good person. You focus on other things, I'm an absolute prick. Do you know what I mean, so <laughs> you kind of, you kind of, yeah. you kind of go. It just is what it is. You know. Um, yeah,
2: and it. I think, you know, death offers more opportunity to think about them because most other people, your relationship is constant. So they do something awful, but then the next week they do something great, and you're like, oh, they are alright. Oh, they are okay. And you, you know, you have these reminders of the the good stuff. And yeah, it's 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 really hard to be balanced and I think that is also a a part of grief the grief process is you know as the years go by and as you said like the more you but you know see yourself as a parent or see other things or things that you don't want to be like them and, and kind of assessing them really I don't think you ever stop assessing them and I've definitely I've had moments where I've been you know furious with him just like what an absolute prick like I can't believe he did yeah, that yeah, yeah. and then I got yeah. older and gone oh, their kids are annoying I can see why he didn't want to be around us all the time yeah um
0: how,
2: how do you feel you've what well, how do you feel you've this isn't the right word like not dealt with your grief, but you know, did you have counselling, or did you just kind of you? Obviously, you just had the your second son, so were you just like, I'm in full on small children. I just get on with it, think about it later. Well,
0: it, it was slightly tricky to be honest with you. I mean, my dad's passing away caused massive problems with me and my brother. Really, uh, um, yeah. so. Um, so basically, my dad passed away three days before I left my teaching job. So wow. my plan was to, um, it's terrible timing by him, but my plan was, <laughs> to, um, was to leave teaching. I'd hand in my resignation and then I was going to go full-time as a comedian. And then t- three days before my last day, he passed away. Jesus. And, um, and then we had this situation where we discovered the finances for a house of cards. We weren't sure what was going to happen with my mum's house, you know, the house that they shared, and my and we didn't know, you know, you had to sort out all this like probate and all this kind of stuff and all this shit, and but at the same time, I just been paid for the last time as a teacher, and wasn't really making any money from comedy, and had just had my second child, right? So (laughs) it was like it was like a really um, high pressured situation. And my brother felt like I wasn't doing enough to help out yeah. with, with the sorting out my mum and the, the, the aftermath of, of my dad's passing away. And I felt like I was operating at full tilt. But, you know, looking back, now I think to myself, well, I can see it from his point of view, totally. Yeah. But at the time, because I was so stressed out, I was just like, fuck you, man. You know, yeah. I, I, like, I'm I'm struggling now. I remember having a, a row with him on the phone that brought the foyer of the hall theatre in Crawley, just as they're walking into Panto, uh, to a stop. Um, as I sort of shouted, I'm never going to forget how you've treated me. You know, and he said, I'm never going to forget how you treated me. And then, like, the argument continued. It was in front of, like, our kids. <laughs> it's in front of Lisa's mum. And then they... They went into the theatre and I spent the first half sort of continuing the argument, and then I went in after the interval. But it was Dick Whittington, I still followed the (laughs) storyline, but but um, but yeah, it was like, and and that, if I'm being honest, that created a rift between my brother and I that took us months to sort out, really. And 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 every now and again, as close as I am to my brother, uh, I don't know how to explain it, it's like a scar. Do you mean so? If I if I now if one of us perceives the other one to not be doing the brotherly thing, we'll fall back to that dynamic very, yeah, very easily. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So even though it's okay, it's brought this thing in our, into our relationship where, you know, it could be something as simple as I don't text him back quick enough about something, yeah. do you know what I mean? Or or something like that. And that, I don't think that would have been the case before, but it, it just ripped open this whole thing. And, yeah, I, I, I had a weird, ex- you know, with regards to actual sort of, explicitly you know grief i remember like we had a joke about it my brother it was quite a dark joke but my my brother the day after my dad passed away did an impression of me crying when i discovered (laughs) dad was dead and he said i i had no idea you made that noise um
2: as only siblings can be so shitty. to each other. It's exactly what me and my brother are like. Just like, what an unnecessary observation, but you can't help but make it because it's your sibling. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. You're so yeah. weird.
0: <laughs> um I And mean, then, like, I didn't not because of my brother taking a piss out of me, but um, oh god, I didn't. I didn't really cry after that until. Are you sure? Uh, are you sure he didn't yeah. damage
2: you? And you were like, yeah, pack, pack this up, pack this up. You make
0: well. Made... well I had a weird... I mean, a couple of weird things. My auntie, my, my dad's sister, was really expressively right. uh, teary at the funeral.
2: Yeah.
0: Um and I didn't cry at all during the funeral. And I watched some of my, you know, my friends were crying and yeah. blah, 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 they so must have thought common. I was like a fucking heartless bastard. But No, the closer um, you are,
2: the harder it is to emote. And it's so common that yeah. people go to friends of friends funerals or they go to support someone and they are sobbing. And the people in the yeah. next, in the epicenter are like, we're not crying because you're in shock. To be honest, you're in shock. Yeah. So that's yeah. why you can't stand there and be like, oh no, they're gone. Because you're like, <laughs> No, they're not. They're probably fine. They're probably coming home. I don't know why everyone's <laughs> crying. But to, can't, you can't say that out loud because people will be like, oh, they're not dealing with it. But you're like, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Are, we know he's dead. He's not dead. He can't be dead. Like, it's not. <laughs>
0: that's,
2: it can't be. Yeah. So, yeah, of course, of course.
0: But then, But then what would happen is over the course of the next however long, little things would trigger me. So, mm. for example, I had an accident. I had a car accident on the way back from a gig. And the police came and picked me up and dropped me off at Watford Gap Services. Oh God. And I had to phone my parents and ask them to come and get me from Watford Gap at like three in the morning. And then after my dad passed away, I was driving to a gig and I went past Watford Gap Services and I just started crying. No. Like it was just... Because it reminded me of that thing. And then another time, I was... Um, I'd, I was doing a tour show, and I came out of the show, and there's this Sri Lankan family that had come to watch the show, and the dad of the family said, "We really enjoyed the show," and he just sounded exactly like my, like mm. exactly like my dad, and so I had to. Obviously, it's not his fault that he sounds like my dad, but I had to. I had to bring the conversation to as swift an end as I possibly could because mm. I was talking to them and feeling myself getting choked up. Do you know what I mean? It was. Uh, so and that just continued happening I kept getting caught by surprise and my dad was uh, was a massive Arsenal fan as am I you know he was like proper proper militant Arsenal fan and occasionally even months after he passed away something would happen with Arsenal and I'd pull my phone out to text him because yeah. that's what I always did you know we'd always be chatting about who they're going to buy what do you think of that result blah 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 and I would f- have that I would just go my instinct just instinctively I wonder what that. Da- and then I'd just like fuck like, what am I doing do you know yeah. what I mean so but then what happens is that happens less and less frequently. And then what happens is you start feeling guilty about how infrequently that's happening yeah. do you know what I mean? as it goes on. And that's, uh, that's uh, it's a different thing to deal with because you kind of want, you kind of feel like my dad's gone and things will never be the same. And then you have a period of life where things, obviously, he's not here, but things are this, You're happy, you're yeah, yeah. laughing, no, you're having you're a great okay. time, things are going well, you're okay. <laughs> and then occasionally you catch yourself going shit I, I, you know like i haven't thought about him enough or whatever um
2: but i think we have so, yeah, such a kind of... we have such a narrative of what grief should look like and yeah, yeah again i i wrote a whole thing a whole chapter about that in the book because i was like i have spoken to so many people who feel bad because they're like not grieving in the way they think they're supposed to and when you examine it you're like there's no there's absolutely no fucking evidence that you should like permanently cry, get to year and a half, click, now you're fine. Yeah. La- laughter yeah, yeah, now yeah. acceptable. And it's a bit like we're describing, you know, your dad, like he was neither this nor this. He was all of these things at the same time. And it's the same with grief. It's like, you can be devastated, crying your eyes out and then you're laughing because your brother's under an impression and then you'll <laughs> feel guilty. And it's like, it, grief is like every single emotion at the same time, like screaming at you at the same time. And, I always think, like, I always say to people, like, when you're in that bit of, like, the sobbing, like, making the weird noises, you will always reach a point where you you can't... You'll need the loo. Do you know what I mean? Like, something in your body goes, well, we can't keep this up, actually. Your your throat hurts, and actually, this position's very uncomfortable. Why are you on the floor? And you're like, yeah, my feet are cold, aren't they? Like, you're just... It's impossible to stay constantly grieving. And there's this this new theory of grief, which, again, like I talk about, because I was obsessed with it, called dual dual process model and it literally is um two grief psychotherapists Strober and schutt who have said the way that humans grieve is they oscillate between two um, states so you're, you're the big snotty crying and then they're like literally watching telly not thinking about it and if you don't oscillate you can't process it so you have to keep switching between one and the other. So you have the crying, you, crying, crying. And then you're watching Netflix and it's 3am and you're like, oh, I haven't thought of them all day. Like, what? Oh. yeah. And actually when you're not thinking about them, your body is kind of processing all the sadness that you've had. And I just feel like, we just, don't, as humans, we don't know a lot of this stuff because we're not grief psychotherapists. And I only know that from doing this show. And when I read it, I was like, Oh. No one needs to feel bad. Like that's all we're all doing. (laughs) It's like,
0: yeah. I mean that. That's so. That describes my experience so much. But you feel bad about it.
2: Yeah. And it is actually. They've said like that's how humans do it, and that's the healthiest way to do it. If you are in one state too much, that's unhealthy. Like if you're constantly crying, or you never ever speak about them. Like the extremes. (laughs) The extremes of that is like "Mm, that doesn't sound great. I've seen that. Like I. Every single guest has had that experience. I've had the experience. People who look like them who just, your heart stops because you're like, oh my God, oh my God. And especially like you said, I guess like that sound, that Sri Lankan accent, like it's like, you're not hearing that every day. And it, it triggers you, you have this moment. And then of course you have to pass to a different state of like, well, now I have to do a gig and now I have to go somewhere else. And I think we just, it's just about, the acceptance the way we accept them as parents of flawed individuals if we can accept ourselves as a flawed individual that grief is a bit messy and weird and odd and you don't always do it in the way that you think you're going to but however, however you do it is okay
0: yeah yeah um you've made me feel a lot better about that <laughs> Good. you genuinely have well that's how so when I, feel I re- about yeah
2: it. Rubbish, when i read it i was like I mean, maybe in ten years' time they'll be like, "Actually, it's bullshit. You should be crying." But
0: (laughs) you're a horrible, horrible prick.
2: But when I read it, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" I've had twenty plus years of thinking, "I don't think about enough," or you know, like, "Oh, we've you know, the times I've like move on quickly," and you're like, "Oh, that's just that's just literally how your brain, human brains work. You can't constantly weep. It's it's, you know, you don't. There aren't enough." tears and I think because at the beginning you do have so much sadness when that changes you know like in the first six months where you are just like in shock and crying and you don't know what's going on and when you sort of get your feet back on the ground you think oh oh, I should be back there like that's what grief is the kind of wailing Yeah, yeah but actually that's just the first mad six months where you don't know what the fuck's happened to you that's not again it's a bit like having a kid isn't it like the first six months of having a baby or especially your first child is mental <laughs> but that's not what parenting yeah. is that's not like the full load of it
0: yeah, yeah <clears throat> it's just the first yeah. like
2: oh my god what have i done what's yeah. happening why didn't
0: anyone say this is going to be this difficult yeah. is that, does everyone go through this yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: and then you come yeah. through it and you realize okay like your life adapts and that's the same with grief like the first six months are like what the fuck and then you start adapting to it and living with it I think sometimes we think living with it is denying it or forgetting them. But actually that is living with it. It's like remembering them, having the photo up, talking about them occasionally, but also sometimes not bringing them up or things passing inside. Occasionally
0: you want to talk about him, but you end up talking about apartheid because (laughs) how your son's interpreted a photo. That's all part of the grieving process. It's all
2: part of the grieving process. And what's hard that he said Nelson Mandela is like, you can't, you want to make sure they do know who Nelson Mandela like that's important but you can't be like no don't worry about him he's not important your granddad like.
0: yeah uh, yeah exactly you don't, you don't want him to dismiss him but all yeah. equally you don't want him saying Nelson Mandela's my granddad at school do you know what I mean
2: when they do cover it in history and he's like fuck oh, that's my granddad <laughs> <Like, laughs> you're related to Nelson Mandela yeah my dad doesn't like talking about it but obviously that's what but yeah, my,
0: yeah. My... he says he's, he's a, he was a piss head. <laughs> do you know that
2: he ran a pub miss he did yeah in crawley oh Ramesh, i could talk to you forever thank you so much what an amazing and interesting character Ranga sounds like like i really i feel yeah. like we got the sense of him so thank you yeah boo. well
0: it's very helpful to me so thank you for having me on
2: oh no bless you thank you so much thank you If you'd like any information about Ramesh, you can head to his website, Ramesh Ranganathan. Ramesh is R-O-M-E-S-H. Ranganathan is R-A-N-G-A-N-A-T-H-A-N. So head to RameshRanganathan.co.uk and you can find all the information where he's touring, his podcasts, here's a podcast with um, comedian Tom Davis called The Wolf which is very very funny Um, and yeah you can find out all about the brilliant things that he's doing and the various gigs he's doing and he is so so funny and so worth seeing live if you enjoyed that you will very much enjoy his new Netflix special as well The Cynic which is out I think is already out uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded remotely. It was edited by Kate Holland. The music was provided by the Glue Ensemble. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back after uh, Christmas holiday times, winter festival times. We'll be back in January with a few more episodes and the book will be coming out. So I'll obviously be banging on about that then. Um, have a very peaceful. Christmas and New Year times and I hope that wherever you are it's as okay as it can be and remember griefsters you are not alone thank you hold up
1: what was that